It's Wednesday. You know what that means. That was that was a tough one. It was very emotional, and I truly don't know how I'm gonna go through this. I don't think there will be a lot of jokes, if any. I don't know if I will review in quotation matches. I will just give you my opinion and my thoughts about this beautiful tribute to the life of Brody Lee. I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't know what to expect from this episode of Dynamite. I knew that I'm gonna cry, even though I don't like crying, I didn't cry for quite some time, but I did, and I think AEW, Tony Khan, and all involved in this process went out of their way to do such an incredible job to admire the life and the legacy of the late Brody Lee and I thought the show was incredible in its own way. There was no proper storylines, there was no proper character developments as we usually see on Dynamite or any wrestling show, but I thought this was a tremendous job that they made and I think that each and every single one of us can unite and for one night and hopefully since that night going forward unite be strong be together don't shit at other companies unless there is a little bit of this fun banter and just enjoy the product and admire people who are creating this behind the scenes and inside the ring when the show started i legit held it to years because it started with the 10 bell salutes and you could clearly see that everybody been holding tears. Miro was crushed and people like Dax Howard and like most of the people been trying to hold the tears. But those two, maybe even more, that I didn't spot immediately were visually in pain. They're holding the tears as Amanda, the, the, the widow of the late John. And I, I nearly cried straight away. But I cried soon after because it was the Unbox and Cole Cabana facing the Hardy Party. And as soon as I saw Cole Cabana, I lost it. I didn't cry for 10 minutes. I dropped a couple of tears, but I picked myself up immediately after this. And I decided to watch this match without absolutely losing my mind in this wave of emotions. And... I truly enjoy this match, even though none of those matches are about in-ring performance, it's about giving your tribute to Brody Lee, but all of the matches that have been on this episode of Dynamite were tremendous, I truly enjoyed every single one of them, they went full PWG style, all action, little to none rest, just give everything to the crowd, to the people who are watching the show, so they could feel this joy, and be happy. And I truly think it was the best showcase of Cole Cabana in his AW career so far. It was a great match where every single person inside the ring had their moment of brightness. And even though I'm saying that there was no particular storyline development, I will be lying because, for example, in this match, Hardy Party had their heel turn uh, progression. 
because Matt Hardy was playing heel. At one point of the match, he suggested Mark went to hit Cole Cabana with a chair, but he refused. And others, they would beat up Young Bucks or Cole Cabana viciously without any need of this. But overall, it was just an incredible match with Cole Cabana doing some great spots like Munso to the outside or Chicago Fire and then Young Bucks into the Indy Taker and then Cole Cabana taking the pin. Before this, something I should also wanted to mention, it was uh, Mark Wen hitting uh, Gin and Juice with Isaiah Cassidy and then Matt Hardy doing Twist of Fade and Isaiah Cassidy doing Swanton Bob with Mark Wen hitting an incredible shooting star press to nearly pick up the victory. I thought it was a great near fall, as I said, this PWG style of wrestling that goes without stopping and gives you so many incredible near falls and moves that you would remember for the rest of the night. After the match, the acclaim came to the ring, but before they could say anything of disrespectful, SCU stopped them and beat them up for a little bit and let Cole Cabana and Young Bucks do the same. As I said, great match. The best one I've seen from Cole Cabana in a long time. And whew, what a great way to start the show. Throughout the whole night, we've seen some beautiful tributes done by referees and wrestlers in the backstage where they talked about how great of a man Brody Lee was and of course how great of a father and husband he was and some of them touched me to my dear heart John Moxley's Eddie Kingston's Dax Arn Anderson and of course Bruce Ramsburg the referee his delivery especially when he talked about their them reuniting for the first time in years after their independence and Chikara times when they worked together and how much it meant to him, how much it meant to talk about not only about wrestling but of course about their kids and their wives. It was heartbreaking but at the same time very very pleasing to hear to find out more about how great of a human being Brody Lee was how much everybody will miss him. After this we had probably my second favorite match of the night with Lance Archer and Eva Luna and Stu Grayson versus Eddie Kingston, Butcher and the Blade. And before the match even started, the whole Dark Order, as they were in every single match, came out together and Lance Archer came out with Jack the Snake Roberts with them wearing Luke Harper attire and it just... Every single little touch that they made warmed my heart so much. And this match was once again tremendous. Stu Grayson doesn't get enough of praise that he should. Eva Luna, same goes for him. Lance Archer, I mean, the man is a beast. Butcher, Blade are in great shape. Eddie Kingston, when he came out with a microphone, he said, Cut the music. I love you, Brody. This one is for you, but you, Dark Order are nothing without him and it just incredible switch from real life emotions and straight away to the heel character that was done tremendously and the match as I said was just great once again PWG style Stu Grayson doing backflips and just incredible maneuvers 
Lance Archer doing his his incredible old school into the Moonsold and just absolutely destroying every single member of the family of Eddie Kingston was just brutal to watch. And Stu Grayson towards the end before he done fatality with Eva Luna doing this incredible DDT on the apron, just jumping through all the ropes and hitting it incredibly on Butcher was just phenomenal. And this match this match was great, in-ring wise, and how much it meant to those performers who knew him from the days of Chikara and Ring of Honor, like Stu Grace and Ava Luna, and even prior to that on the independence in New York. It just, it just means so much for them and for us who are watching this show because it really meant a lot to me. <laughs> Straight up after this, we had. The match of the night for me, without a doubt, and for a lot of people as well. Some people actually claiming that this can quite possibly be match of the year for them, and it's really hard to disagree with this assumption because when it comes to in-ring action, it was great. When it comes to emotions that you got from this match, it was just phenomenal. It was Adam Hangman Page and John Silver with Alex Reynolds versus Inner Circles, MJF, Santana, and Ortiz. And my god, how great this match was. Starting from little things like MJF being a complete dickhead towards everyone like he usually is, apart from the Inner Circle members wearing a head bandana and trunks with a Puerto Rican flag, but also being an absolute dickhead towards Brody Lee Jr., screaming at him on the outside, constantly flipping off, flipping him off throughout this match. And of course, at the very beginning, the spot that everybody had been looking for, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, who was wearing the the clothes that Brody Lee gave him to him for BT walk, uh, that completely match Brody Lee's attire. And them, both of them, getting the rolls of paper and throwing them right into the Santana and Ortiz was just beautiful because it was exactly what I was expecting to see. And this is exactly what everyone wanted to see. And then after a couple of seconds of in-ring action between MGF and Adam Page, Adam Page grabbed his own piece of paper and throw it right into MGF who saw it like it was a bullet right at his head. And overall, once again, this match was just fantastic. In this match, John Silver, without a doubt, showed how big of a star he is. He showed incredible resilience. He showed incredible maneuvers that I didn't actually know he's capable of doing. And of course, there were standards move like suicide dive, cannonballs, and just incredible maneuvers with his incredible arms but when he did this incredible canadian destroyer i actually lost my mind like how the hell is he capable of doing this if you haven't seen it was like a monkey flip right into the canadian destroyer that nearly went horribly wrong and could have possibly destroyed mjf snacks but gladly or <laughs> if it depends how you look at this of course in kayfab but outside of a kayfab gratefully that it didn't went wrong it was just a phenomenal move and then after a little interference 
Warlow came to the ring, was about to beat up Reynolds, but none other than Eric Rowan now Eric Redbeard came out to save the day to get the biggest ball probably of his career. He did his chokeslam variation and then they brought to the outside to to the nobody could see them. And then MJF, who been as I already mentioned, an absolute dickhead to Brody Lee Jr., once again decided to tease him, grab his mask spit right into the mask and then got absolutely nailed by candlestick by Brody Lee Jr. who was having an absolute joy after this terrible situation and I should say that he was taking everything as a champ. He never once cried, he never once showed you know sadness, he was taking this moment as he could and I don't know a single person who could have done the same thing took this as I said he took this as a champ and after this Adam Pench and Alex Rydens were about to hit their maneuvers but instead they let John Silver do the thing. He lo They looked at him, he understood the mood and he did the one thing that everybody wanted to see the spinning clothesline to end this match. And after this, he immediately busted out in tears. And Eric Rowan came in with a sign that said, Goodbye for now, see you down the road, brother. And this moment made me cry so hard. This one was the moment when I, apart from the final segment, I cried like a little bitch for a minute or so. Trying to collect myself and just go straight into the show, watch it again, because... Whew, th th this one was hard. And after this match, we had Anna Jay and Ta Conti versus DMD, Dr. Britt Baker, and Penelope Ford in a once again a very good match that showcased the ability of every single woman in this match, especially towards the end. But the one thing that I enjoyed mostly about this match was Anna Jay. She's phenomenal inside the ring. She's only 22. It's her first year as a professional wrestler on the big scene. And when she did some signature maneuvers and signature signs of Brody once again touched my heart. And obviously, Anna Jay won after submitting, I'm pretty sure, Penelope Ford in the Queenslayer. But once again, as I said, during this patch, especially towards the end, every single woman had an opportunity to shine, show why they're one of the best inside the ring, inside the women's division in AW. And once again, it was great. After the match, DMD Britt Baker had an opportunity to cut a little promo by playing a match to Big Rick, saying that everything been rigged in this match, that... Ty Conti, Anna Jay are rigged, and this whole show is a big rig, winking right into the sky. But then being attacked by Thunder Rosa to set their match in a couple of weeks' time. And then in the in ring main event, Cody Rhodes ally himself with Orange Cassidy and number 10 of Dark Order to fight against Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Brian Cage of Team Tass. In a, once again a great match that had been booked by Brody Lee Jr. Because those three are his favorite wrestlers. And oh, 
This is very touching. It was a nice match. Heels dominated the majority of the match over Cody Rhodes and Orange Cassidy. And Tan had an incredible... I know, I said incredible way too many times in this review. But it is how it is. And he hit this incredible hot tag. He absolutely destroyed the members of Team Taz. And after hitting every single finisher from Orange Cassidy, Cody Rhodes, and... 10 on Ricky Starks, they were able to pick up the victory. And after this, I thought, okay, this is it. But no, first of all, Team Taz attacked poor guys who just won their match. Hook hit his incredible suplex on Orange Cassidy. I was really surprised that he's been able to do this because we haven't seen anything from him. And this is a very nice sign of progression in ring of Hook and... I'm actually excited to see what he's going to be able to do in the future, but we're not talking about this because lights cut off and Darby Allen came out and then lights cut off as well once again and Sting came out in this beautiful visual where two of them looked at each other and went right into the ring and Team Taz ran away right into the ramp stage and they had this great stare off once again between Team Taz, Sting, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, number 10, and Cody Rhodes. And once again, I thought, okay, this is how we're going to end the show. Good vision, but no, once again, Chris Jericho said, don't go anywhere because we have one last special thing. And no oh boy, was this thing special. Cody Rhodes got a very emotional promo, praising Brody Lee and saying that he left a beautiful legacy behind him and let me introduce to you this legacy coming to the ring Brody Lee Jr. Oh this one Brody Lee Jr. came out with his mother and Tony Khan at number 10. They put the boots of Brody Lee and Cody put his bandana right into those boots as a sign of respect and Tony Khan said one beautiful thing. Bradley Jr., your family, your father was the best TNT champion of all times. And that's why you're getting this title for life. And he gave him the TNT championship. And as we later found out, this design of a belt is officially written off. It's officially being given to... Brody Lee's family, and the last holder of this title will be Brody Lee Jr. And this is just incredible, because this is a sign that they are ready to actually take care of Brody Lee's family, and it's not just words, and they want to prove it, and given this title from Darby Allen to Brody Lee Jr. is a very, very nice thing. But... The show ended with a beautiful tribute video that involved photos and videos from Brody Lee in his very early stages of his career from Chikara and Just Independence, even showing some photos from WWE like him winning the belt with Eric Rowan and him being with Seth Rollins and of course Bray Wyatt. It was just, it was just emotional, excuse me. And that's how the show ended, with, with a very, very nice tribute that, once again, for the fourth time, I'm pretty sure, 
made me cry. And since that, I watched the show a couple of times. And every single thing, I tear up. Every single time, I can't hold those tears. And as I said, I thought it was a great show. I thought it not only was quite sad, quite emotional, but it also gave me the feeling of rest, knowing that we, that, that we were able to say our final goodbye in such a great way. All of us around the world, doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter where you're from, we were all able to give a last goodbye in a such emotional way. And I don't know what else to say because every single thing that's been done, the show was done perfectly. And the only thing I can say is I hope Rosalie will rest in power, knowing that his family are safe and his sons have a bright future. And also, I wish... All the best to Amanda, Nolan, Brody Jr. And I hope that all of us will be able to unite and be strong together. Because at the very least, it's a day before New Year. And hold your loved ones and be close to them. Be kind to everyone. Thank you guys for listening and hear you soon.